On today's episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, we'll be looking once again at the 101 Coaching Mistakes to Avoid by Thomas Leonard. Today, we'll be looking at numbers 81 through 90. Here we go. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Hey, welcome back to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. So happy to have you here. We're going to be looking once again at Thomas Leonard's 101 Coaching Mistakes to Avoid. It's hard for me to believe her almost to the end of these things. Boy, these are so good. Aren't these good? It's sort of sad to see them go. But boy, what a what a wealth of information. Always still makes me a little choked up to, you know, think how much we lost when we lost Thomas. But boy, what we gained when he was here. So, so cool. Anyway, let's get right to it. The first one of the bunch we're looking at today, number 81, is multitasking while coaching. And this one is near and dear to my heart, not because I do it, because I see other people multitasking. There is a myth about multitasking that basically is that you can do it. You you really can't. (laughs) They've done studies that have shown this to be true, where they've taken people who are like, yes, I can multitask. And they put them on a test, like driving a car in a closed uh, uh, course or something like that. And they just fail miserably you know it's like studies have shown like that there is a proportion of people who can in fact multitask successfully it's like one percent or two percent of the human population odds are really good you're not one of them and when you are coaching whether or not you can multitask doesn't mean you should so when you are with a coach, it is something akin to a sacred uh, moment. You know, you are, you are there with them. Robert Diltz, I've told you this before. You know this probably. Robert Diltz and Stephen Gilligan talking about getting into a coach state. I really endeavor to do that. I try to just sort of center myself and be in the moment with this person. For them, this is really important. They're paying good money usually. And, um, you know, it's very important. This is something they've strived to be able to be uh, giving to themselves. They have a lot of, you know, what's the word, skin in the game, if you will. It's very, very important to them. And their life is on the line. Their life is very important to them. They want to make progress in whatever it is they're doing. You are there for them for that purpose. So don't read email. I'm going to read to you what Thomas Leonard wrote. He said, during coaching calls, don't read email. Don't do your nails. Don't pay your bills. Don't surf the internet. Don't read a magazine. Don't read a novel. I mean, I hope that goes without saying that you wouldn't be reading a novel or playing words with friends or anything else. Your one singular focus is your client. Thomas further writes, he says, if you're bored, if you're that bored, 
tell the client you are bored. Tell them why and ask them to work on something that keeps your interest and fully uses your talents. Fully uses your talents. They are up to that. They are up to that challenge. They want that challenge. Whether or not they know they want that challenge, they want you to challenge them. If you're bored, good. Let them know. Let that be a a coaching moment and let both of you get engaged in the moment. So no multitasking, please. Coaching mistake number 82, not following up after a difficult session. After a session where the client is tender, overwhelmed, or still stuck in a dilemma, call later that day or the very next day to find out how they are. Call or text or email. Just a quick reminder, Thomas wrote these things in the 90s. So even with him saying, you know, don't do your emails and stuff, he didn't write, don't text. Nobody texted back in the 1990s, really pretty much nobody. Uh, But he said, no emails, don't surf the internet, that existed. No texting, et cetera. But but when you follow up with a difficult session, yeah, you can text them, say, how are you doing? You know, that's fine. This is a different age back then. But so when he says, call the next day, yeah, you don't have to call. Everything was done on the phone back then and when we used phones for phone calls. Um, so, but follow up. Just ask how they are. Don't try to coach. Just show that you care. Empathize. Listen quietly. Hear. There's no need to coach, remind, or reinforce. Just be that sounding board. That's what Thomas writes. I think that's some of the best advice ever. It really is important. Um, and it doesn't take long at all. It doesn't take long at all. But it's uh, when they're when they're going through something like that, be you know somebody who's on their side, who's open to them, and is going to be able to you know be that guy, that person who helps, who's there to listen. As Thomas says, it's there's no need to coach, remind, or reinforce, remind or reinforce. This isn't an extra coaching session. It's just you as a person. As a human, calling to check up and see how they're doing. Coaching mistake number 83, being too professional, in parentheses, impersonal. Thomas writes, coaching is a collaborative partnership, not an arm's length professional service. You can get close to your clients and have a good time coaching. Take coaching and the client very, very seriously and still be light and personable. Now. It's an interesting statement here because, you know, um, being professional, having boundaries is important. It's critically important in my book. You, you are not a friend of theirs. You are a coach, right? You can be friendly, but you're not doing this out of friendship. You're being paid. You are paid professional, just like when they go in to see a doctor, you go in to see a dentist. You know, they're, these are paid professionals, help, helpers, people helpers. So you want to have boundaries. That's important. And you don't want to be too rigid, too professional, too impersonal. You know, there's a, there's a warmth about it. There's a collaborative event. You know, it's like you're, you're playing this game together. Yeah, you get paid to play, but you're still playing this game together. This game of life, this game of helping them succeed in achieving their goals. So take coaching and the client very, very seriously and still be light and personable. Coaching mistake number 84, 
Avoiding clients' money problems. Coaching mistake number 84, avoiding clients' money problems. Money problems come in several forms. Overspending, late paying bills, no or inadequate reserves, inadequate or fluctuating revenue. While money problems are only one part of a client's life, they do affect everything about that client. Quality of life, thinking, creativity, freedom, evolution. Thomas writes, I won't work with clients who won't handle their money. I cannot coach on top of irresponsibility. So interesting thing here. When I first when I first read this, I, you know, many years ago when I first read this, I thought it said you should avoid clients' money problems. You should avoid the clients' money problems. That's not what it says. It's a mistake to be avoiding their money problems. In other words, don't avoid their money problems. Tackle their money problems. And if they have too much money problems, then say, you know, I think you'd be better off with another coach or come back to me when you're ready sort of thing. I remember a story where I think it was Tony Robbins told the story when he was a young guy. Um, and he was he went to Jim Rohn. I'm pretty sure this is correct. Went to Jim Rohn to uh, wanted to you know take his seminars. He couldn't afford his seminars; they're very expensive, and especially for like a 17 year old kid or however old Tony was at the time. And um, he went to Jim and said, "Is there anything I can do? Can I work for you? Can I do anything?" Like and he said, "Jim Rohn said no. Come back when you can afford it." <laughs> you know, so that was that was pretty much it. But Tony was determined to do it. So he went out and raised the money and made it happen. So there are times when this is what you want to do. You don't want to avoid your client's money problems, but you want to help them figure them out. What is, what's the, what's the problem here? You know, why don't you have money? Why are you paying bills on uh, late? Why are you overspending? Let's, let's stop that. Get a, a curb on that. Get a handle on that. Let's tackle this issue. It can, it can reflect a lot of issues for a person. You know, money issues are symbolic of a lot of things, or their feelings of self-worth, et cetera. If they're, you know, spending money wildly, it's because they're avoiding something. So find out what it is. It can actually be a really, really rich area of coaching if you are, you know, willing to confront and uh, ask those questions. Now, coaching mistake number 85 is one that... um I think maybe for many of us different today than it was in 1995 or whenever it was that Thomas wrote these things. Coaching mistake number 85 is playing therapist or counselor. Now in the years when Thomas wrote this, there was a big distinction between a therapist or counselor and a coach. A coach was, you know, a coach weren't trained in therapy, we weren't psychotherapists. But these days, a lot of people are trained as psychotherapists, are counselors, and they call themselves a coach. So if you are in that category, ignore mistake number 85. If you are trained as a therapist or as a counselor, and you're calling yourself a coach because that's what you call yourself, then ignore mistake number 85. But for the rest of you, the rest of us who are not 
licensed psychotherapists, et cetera, pay attention. Mistake number 85 is playing therapist or counselor. Thomas writes, you know you are playing therapist if you delve into a diagnostic, I'm sorry, I was about to say diagnostic, but it's a diagnosable psychological condition like depression, anxiety, addiction, family of origin issues, destructive behaviors, etc. You know you're playing therapist if the client is not making reasonable progress towards their goals without a lot of support structure. You know you're being a therapist if the focus of coaching is mostly on feelings and concerns, or if the focus of coaching is mostly on patterns and cycles. Therapists play a key role in the mental health of society and are trained, experienced, and licensed to do personal work that coaches cannot offer. So, yes, this is a big mistake for people who are doing those sorts of things when they're not really licensed or trained to do so. And, you know, many of us are these days licensed and trained to work with those things. So just know, where are you in that? Uh, And don't go play in, you know, in areas that you are not equipped to play in. Leave it at that, because I know that it's a, For some of you, it's like, well, it doesn't apply at all because I am a therapist. So that's fine. Coaching mistake number 86, not knowing who your ideal clients are. If you haven't described the qualities and goals of your ideal clients, you won't as easily know who you should be coaching. True, it's good to coach anyone you feel you can help. But it's also very important to know exactly who you most want to coach so that you can spot them in a a crowd, inform your network who you are looking for, and then attract them more easily. There's a, a, a really good exercise to do, which is to sit down and write down in a pad of paper or on your computer, if you want, um, a description of who it is that you want to be coaching, who is your main ideal coach, right? And you can use the different demographical markers, you know, the person who's, let's say, uh, 25 to 35, uh, college educated, a uh, certain amount of money, certain, you know, gender, whatever, you know, figure out what who it is that you f- feel you could help the most. A couple of weeks ago, we had on here um, as a, uh, a guest speaker, Christina Tarantola, whose name is probably not Tarantola anymore. <laughs> Fontana, I believe, but she coaches um, empathic women entrepreneurs. That's pretty specific. You know, that's a pretty specific niche. So know who your ideal clients are. You don't have to limit yourself to them, but it's an amazing thing that happens when, when you know who it is you're trying to talk to. Somehow it's kind of like, you know, pheromones for a lightning bug. Or something like that. I, I don't know. But it starts attracting those people into your coaching business. It's quite remarkable. When I look at my um, my my current stable of coaching clients, you know, nine out of ten of them are virtually identical to my my uh, my avatar. It's it's quite amazing. I didn't try for that. It just happened. I mean, I did try for it. I wrote out the avatar, wrote out a description. I, you know, 
in my mind drew a picture of them uh, and um, that's truly who most of them are uh, and yet I didn't like advertise that way I just had it in my mind but know who your ideal clients are describe the qualities and the goals of your ideal clients so you know who you can be coaching coaching mistake number 87 waiting to coach until you are quote ready Thomas writes, some coaches study coaching and take a full complement of coaching classes, but never actually coach paying clients because they don't feel ready. This is an emotional block to resolve. So what you need to do, if this is true for you, call me or call some other coaching person who's been in this business for a while and sign up for a few months. Seriously, get a coach who can help you get over this block. There's something stopping you and it's not that you're not ready. You're ready. Do it. Coach people. Because you know what? You will attract people who need you. If you put yourself out there, say, I'm open. You know, if you write up that avatar sketch, you know, you get the pheromones for the lightning bugs starting to emanate through the universe. You know, you will attract the people who are right for you. You're not going to attract the people who aren't. Don't worry about it. Let's put it out there and make sure that you start coaching. And it's it's an amazing thing. Once you get started, it's kind of like, well, there's an old saying. It's not even an old saying. It's a law of, <laughs> first law of physics, I think, Newton's law, which is a body at rest tends to stay at rest unless acted upon by some outside force. The second law of physics by Isaac Newton, I think, is that it's um, a body in motion tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by some outside force. So if if you're that body at rest, if you haven't yet launched, if you're not working with people, if you're not coaching people because you're not, quote, ready yet, and you're just, you know, maybe taking another course, maybe listening to another podcast, and then I'll be ready. Okay, this is that podcast. You're ready now. Go. It started because a body in motion tends to stay in motion. So once you start coaching, you'll do more. It'll do more. It'll do more. Coaching mistake number 88, coaching clients you've evolved beyond. Now, I didn't know Thomas that well. I met him a few times. I, I talked to him on the phone a bunch of times in the course of my coaching training with him. But I don't know. I didn't know him personally. I didn't hang out with him ever. I uh, saw, I met him first at a conference that we were both speaking at. And then I thought, well, that sounds interesting coaching. I've never heard of that before. It's like 1993. And so I signed up for his coaching one, two, three program, and then did some more training with him there to get certified. Um, so this, as much as I don't really know him that much, this really sounds like Thomas to me coaching clients you've evolved beyond. He's into that sort of idea that you could evolve, you know, beyond the level of, of other people. So sometimes you, and maybe you, I'm talking to you, you've worked hard, you've grown a lot, you've coached a lot of people, you've been coached, you've been around the block more than once, you've evolved. So sometimes you've evolved to a place where you're Coaching clients need to be at a certain level to challenge you and keep you, you know, not bored and texting or surfing the internet. You know, see coaching mistake number 81. So this is what Thomas writes. He says, just as your clients evolve, so do you. 
It's important to coach clients who are on the same plane as you. Otherwise, you devolve. You know you've evolved beyond a client when their goals or wants seem silly or remedial to you. Their preferred strategies to reach these goals are old. They aren't able to fully hear or use what you suggest. And you don't look forward to the coaching session. If any or all of these are true, then you might want to um, suggest that this client find somebody else. And perhaps you say, hey, you know, my friend Sally is a really great coach. I think you'd be a great fit. Here's her number. Um, Bye. (laughs) You know, I don't mean to be harsh, but, you know, you can you can fire your clients if they're not the right fit for you. You're doing everybody a favor. Believe me. You're doing them a favor if you do, you know, refer them out to somebody else who can help them most. And refer out, by the way, going back a few of these coaching mistakes, if it's somebody who needs therapy, refer them out to a therapist as well. Referring out is a great thing. By the way, referring out usually comes back to you as well. You know, in other words, you refer to somebody else, they go, oh, wow, that's nice of him. And then they refer somebody back to you. So it, it usually is a really good thing for everybody concerned. If you refer somebody out to somebody who's a better fit for your client. Coaching mistake number 89, not being patient enough with clients. Some clients take longer than usual to achieve. With other clients, you'll see absolutely no progress and then boom, instant transformation. If in doubt or frustrated, ask the client what their typical style or pace is and adapt accordingly. I don't have much more to say about that. Do you have any questions? (laughs) Don't be impatient. The thing about coaching really is ultimately that you don't go in, you ought not go in with a a set way of doing coaching, right? You're not fitting somebody into your methodology. Hopefully you're not. You don't say, okay, this is my coaching program, and I put three people through coachings, uh, level one, level two, level three, level four, level five, and then they graduate, and they're done. You know, you don't have a a format that you put them through. It's not a factory. You know, you're talking to an individual, and you coach them as the individual that they are and help them get to the levels that they want to get to. So sometimes that includes being patient. Sometimes they really need that. And it's interesting, like, Point number two with what Thomas said here, this point number two is with with other clients, you'll see absolutely no progress. And then boom, instant transformation. I tell you, I had this one guy who I, I thought was kind of slow. You know, I thought, wow, this guy is, you know, he's taking a few too many hits in the head or something. You know, he maybe played football or something. You know, he's a little, a little slow. A little but I tell you what. Um, this phenomena where you see no progress and then boom was really true for this guy. Suddenly this guy shows up to a session. I'm going like, who who are you? You look just like the fellow I've been talking to for a few months, but boy, what happened? It was like amazing. It was like butterfly crawling out of the chrysalis, you know, just instant transformation. Um, So, so be patient. Keep chipping away. And, and a little story about that. There is a story Tony Robbins used to tell. I don't always want to refer to Tony, but it's popped up in my mind here. So I'll tell it to you. 
and that's where I heard it from. So I'll tell you where I heard things from. Um, he told a story about a fella who was a, 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 a stone cutter back in the day when uh, they didn't have diamond uh, tipped saws and power tools. This was ancient times. And uh, there's rock quarries in Italy sort of thing where they created these big marble blocks where Michelangelo could carve David or Pieta or whatever. So they're down in these quarries and the way they did it then, according to the story, at least is they would have these um, kind of wedges and they would um, draw a line down this block of marble. And then they'd put this wedge, this triangular shaped stone against this line, line it up and then hit it with a hammer and they'd hit it and hit it and just moving the another thing down along the line, keeping moving it down to the bottom and then moving back up and just whacking away at it all along this line. So you'd keep, you know, you'd hit it at the top and then down a little bit, down, hit it, down a little bit more, hit it, down a little bit more, hit it. So you'd lower it down all along this line. Then you'd bring it back up, hitting it all the way. And you'd hit it for like 500 hits and nothing would happen. You're not sawing the way through this. You're not chipping the way through this. You're just hitting this line with this triangular shaped piece of rock. And then a fascinating thing would happen. Somewhere around the 500th hit, 501 perhaps, suddenly it would go tink and this crack would appear where the line had been drawn and the thing would just split. Like it got all the molecules lined up and it would just split along that line. And then they'd cart that stone away. So apparently that's the way they used to do it, at least according to the story. And that's kind of what, is like when change happens sometimes, you know, you keep chipping away or it seems like you're just making no progress, hitting, hitting, hitting along that line and boom, suddenly something happens and everything changes. And finally for today, the last coaching mistake we'll be looking at today, coaching mistake number 90 is not clearly laying out the ground rules. Now, this is evidence that Thomas did not write these in a order in sequence. Because if he had, this would probably be coaching mistake number one. Because, um, yeah, you want to lay down the ground rules from the beginning. So coaching mistake number 90, not clearly laying out the ground rules, yeah, should have maybe been <laughs> put up towards the front. But nevertheless, here it is. Let's look at it. Thomas Leonard writes this. He says, new clients deserve to know who you are, how you coach, what you require or expect of them. Yeah, I know. That's why it should be number one. Okay, getting back. Um, ground rules include things like how quickly clients need to make important changes, how clients utilize you during their coaching sessions, how open clients need to be to fresh approaches, how honest the client is expected to be at all times. Share the ground rules before starting with clients and give them examples of okay or not okay. Remind clients of their agreement if needed. Remind clients of their agreement if needed. I have found that it's really good to put this stuff in writing. It's a really good idea to put this stuff in writing. And, you know, email it to them, whatever, have them read it, have them sign it, have them send you a copy back. Put it in writing that so they know exactly what the ground rules are and have you know, your first discovery session or your second discovery session, perhaps, you know, clearly laying these things out. 
there should be no surprises. That this is a serious thing that you're doing. Coaching is work. Coaching is serious work. It's not just having a chat or a conversation. You know, we're we're working to help this person evolve. Yes, as some of the other mistakes to avoid have alluded to, people can evolve faster than others. People change sometimes, you know, don't change right away, and then suddenly boom, there they go. But um it's still going to be work. You are working together you're playing together but it's it's hard play just as a quick story for you uh, one of the first times my my first guest my first guest ever on this series of coaching um, mistakes you no know, coaching uh, essential coaching skills podcast my first guest ever as you might remember or you can look back was coach dave buck coach dave buck was a good friend and uh, confident and kind of the heir apparent, if you will, to to Thomas Leonard, inherited, I think, a good deal of the properties of uh, Coach University when Thomas died. And um, I had lunch with him one time. And I remember talking to him, and he told me that when he was maybe 30, in his 30s, he saw this advertisement for, uh, he he was a soccer player, he was an amateur soccer player, and he wanted to get better. That's playing soccer. He, he thought, you know, I should go to like some summer camp or something and just, you know, really, really learn how to play. And he saw this advertisement for, I hope I'm not telling a story that I shouldn't tell, but um, here we go. He told, saw this advertisement for in the back of a soccer magazine um, for this, you know, program that you could go to, I don't know, Brazil or something and, and live there with a, you know, family and play soccer all day long. And so he applied. He said, wow, that sounds so cool. Let's go to the soccer camp in Brazil where people are, you know, it's their national sport. And, you know, so he applied to this thing. And then, you know, when he was accepted and they did his first interview, they, they required a parent signature and stuff. Well, I said, well, my parents are, are, are deceased or whatever. He said, well, how old are you? He said, 35 or something. They said, you know, this is a program for teenagers, don't you? And he didn't. He did, he did not know that. So um, they contacted the family he was supposed to stay with. And everybody said, well, it's kind of weird, but sure. Okay. Yeah. Have him come down. So he went, he went and he played soccer with teenagers all summer long. And what was interesting about this is that um, he felt out of place. So they embraced him. It was fun eventually and stuff. And they had a very good time, but you know, these kids got good over the summer. I mean, and, you know, they were, he was sort of able to keep up with them, but as the summer went on, they just, they, they learned so quickly and they were so fit and stuff that he really couldn't keep up. He was the, the slaggard on every team, but you know, he worked hard, he worked hard all day long. He was playing. Then he comes back home and he gets into one of the adult leagues that he'd been in before. And suddenly he is a superstar. He is like the best guy in the league you know he's just outstandingly good um and you're probably wondering why i'm telling you this story and i don't really know (laughs) so it occurred to me when i was reading this uh, um this this mistake number 90 um it came up so i thought i'd tell you i thought i'd tell you that story 
I think people evolve in their own way and their own speed. And, you know, you let them do that. Sometimes it doesn't feel like they're evolving quickly enough, but you be patient with them. You keep hammering away. You keep working for that change and you let them know what the ground rules are and uh, be clear about that. So that's it for today. So we will have one more installment of these 101 coaching mistakes to avoid. If this was a normal week, we'd go from 91 to uh, 100 next time, but we won't. We'll go from 91 to 101 because there is that, you know, kind of baker's dozen, you know, that extra, extra one. This, these, these amps go to 11, right? So we're going to go to coaching mistakes 101 next time we meet about these. Thank you so much for being here. Hope to see you soon. Bye. This has been the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure seeing you again. Hope to see you again real soon. Come back next week when we have another gripping and exciting episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. And if you want to, you can find out more about us, each and every one of us, at EssentialCoachingSkills.com. Thank you.